Welcome to Intuition Speaks, a podcast about learning how to lean in and develop your intuitive gifts so that you can understand the messages that you've been receiving from the universe. I am Akashic Shamanic Healer, Tia Marie. My hope is that this podcast will help to uplift and inspire you on your inner path and journey to a more aligned life filled with joy. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you enjoy. All right, guys, I know I said that I wasn't going to do any interviews during the holiday season, but guess what? Just kidding. (laughs) I think more than anything right now, this you know, season, we need some sort of self-care holiday survival guide. So that was what was born between me and Monique one day after going to a yoga class together and just like feeling all the feelings out during our breathing. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about that too. I love that. So, like I said, I have Miss Monique Vacon here from Soul Transformation. And yeah, we're going to talk all the things about surviving this holiday. We are so many just boundaries and self care and saying no. All the no's. We're going to hone in our inner three year old and just say no. <laughs> It's going to feel so good. (laughs) Yes. So we kind of put some feelers out there into the internet world to see what like the biggest things were coming up for people this year. And there were so many that were really intertwined and interconnected. And so we kind of like narrowed it down a little bit. I think we're going to save the big one, the big no for last, because I feel like we have a lot to say on that one. And I know that I still have areas I need to work on it. And, you know, even Miss Monique over here does too. We all need to work on those boundaries. But mm-hmm. I think one of the ones that they they kind of tie in together. So being lonely or being excluded and then missing loved ones that are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're all kind of in the same realm and theme of like feeling like you're missing out, feeling mm-hmm. like you're not complete or whole in the holiday season. And like, that is the last thing you want to feel. So what do you want to get in on that? And I, I think just thinking about the holidays and thinking about, you know, there is some joy, there is some cheerful energy, but it's also a time of remembering like all of the memories that you've had with people that probably aren't, you know, earth on earth side. And it can be really challenging, right? Because if you're like, oh, you see an ornament on the tree and it reminds you of them, it's finding ways of of um tapping into the comfort of that person um maybe without dwelling on oh my gosh they're not here Mm. but tapping into their energy 
and anyone can do that, right? Like we all have the power to do that, tap into their energy and just kind of ask them to be with you. I think that is such a powerful way that you can connect with them Mm -hmm. um, and not feel like you're just reaching for the tissues and the tissue box and you're just going to cry and, you know, not have those joyful moments. Um, Yeah, I think really tapping into their energy is, is something that's coming through to me, just having that connection. Yeah. My grandmother passed away on Thanksgiving and I think it's like mm-hmm. 11, no, maybe like 12 or 13 years now. Oh, wow. And it was really, really hard for me um, mm-hmm. because I literally was the only person she didn't call the night before. Mm-hmm. And it was like, she kind of knew and it was really weird. Um and she always kind of had to do a big thing on Thanksgiving. So what a way to go, you know, yeah. she was the center of the show that year. Um, But when I went to pick up coffee, because everyone was just meeting at the house to just, you know, say their goodbyes before they came and they picked her up and they were waiting for the priest to come and give the last rites, um, I received a dollar back. And on the dollar, written in Italian, it said, I love you. Te amo. So, yeah. So look out for those signs that they're there. They want to communicate with you. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that you can communicate with them that you want to invite them into your home, you want to remember them, is to do things that they used to do, carry on Mm -hmm. their traditions, And you can also set up like a little altar for them. So you could put their picture next to a beautiful candle. Maybe there's something that they really loved, a piece of jewelry or, you know, like my grandparents loved espresso. So maybe having a little cup with some espresso beans in it next to it, something that shows them like, this is my offering for you this holiday season. And I want you to be in my home. I want you to be here with me. And It's really funny because I was talking about her on Thanksgiving with my family because they were like, oh, do you want to go to the grave site and just leave flowers? I'm like, I don't have to. She lives in my house with me. She's here. (laughs) Like I live in her house. And the funniest thing is she visited me and she opened the door while it was locked shut. She opened the door. (laughs) So that's my goal. My little holiday story. Maybe it doesn't have to be that dramatic for you. Yeah. <laughs> but just just knowing that they do want to reach back out to you and that you can create that bridge, that connection for them by doing things in their honor, by yeah. having the things that they love out. Mm-hmm. And I think too, with like connecting to spirit, sometimes people just think of like Ouija boards or talking boards. <laughs> It's like, no, there, you know, you can set the intention and, you know, light that candle and have that connection with them or look for those angel signs. Like you said, like, you know, if you see a cardinal or if you see a hawk, like it's that nudge from spirit that they're here. Or for me, at least my Grammy loves to flicker the lights, loves it. 
<laughs> and I'll just I'll just turn to the light and go, hi, hi, Grammy. Like, what's going on? Do you have a message for me? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just yeah, that feeling that connection again, I think is really important. And, you know, of course, loss and grief is an ongoing cycle. And there are so many waves to grief, but I think that just having that connection um, can be really helpful. Yeah, I love cooking because I feel like I connect to both of my grandparents, Mm. both of my grandmothers when I'm cooking and baking in the kitchen. And I feel like, ooh, what, what does this need? And I'll get like an intuitive hit, like, oh, add more of this. And I'm like, thank you. Like, Mm -hmm. It's just so nice to do the things that I remember they love doing in life and just, you know, they're not physically with me, but they're always with me in my heart and in my spirit when I'm doing those activities. Mm-hmm. Moving from missing someone that's not here, but, you know, dealing with being excluded, dealing with maybe you don't have family around because you live far away. Like Mm -hmm. those are two very difficult things to deal with, especially when it's not necessarily your choice. Um, yeah. 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 This is, this is bringing back a lot for me. Um, and we talked briefly about this, um, I think the excluding part is really challenging, especially if it's a case where you did have that family and did have those gatherings and then suddenly you were disowned or something happened in your family that kind of shook up um, the energy and now you're suddenly, okay, it's Christmas Eve and I'm not going to this family member's house. I'm here at my house. So what, how do I, how do I navigate this? Um, and I think the best way of not feeling excluded is to really create your own traditions. Do the things that are so not traditional. Like that's like one of my pieces of advice like if you want to have sushi for thanksgiving go for it because why not do things that are going to bring you joy and do things that are going to feel good um because i mean we've all had that like my inner child's coming through with like the excluding you know like you're picked last for um capture the flag in gym class and it's the worst feeling ever and I think if you're able to find something joyful find something that's just a a different tradition can be really really helpful Um, and if you are lonely and you have family that lives far away facetiming it's I know it's not the same but or you could even um I think there's a way to play Cards Against Humanity or some of those games you can play um, via Zoom. So finding, just finding way, play bingo over Zoom. I mean, there are different things that you can do to make it a little 
less lonely. Yeah. I think that instead of feeling that depth of exclusion, find ways to be included. Maybe it's not with the people that you were hoping for, but there are other people out there who are feeling just as lonely, just as sad, just as excluded. You can spend time at a homeless shelter or a food bank. You could spend time at a nursing home. You can spend time, you know, with kids who are in foster care, but they are staying in hospitals and things like that. Like there are people out there who literally don't have people Mm -hmm. and they're kind of just sitting in these limbos, not able to do anything about it. Right. Whereas instead of seeing the stuckness of the situation that you would rather be in, finding Mm -hmm. the opportunity to create a gift for somebody else that would be so amazing and then Mm -hmm. creating that inclusion for yourself. Maybe that's a new tradition. Maybe you bake cookies for the local nursing home and you go stop by and like chat with them. I'm sure, you know, that would make their day and that doesn't cost a lot of money either. Yeah. I love that. I think, yeah. I mean, the best way we find ourselves is losing ourselves in the service of others. That's like one of my all-time favorite quotes. And I think sometimes we forget during the holidays because we get so caught up in just the hustle and bustle and everything around us that we we don't think about, oh, like we could be helping other people in need and that can just make you feel really good. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we're afraid to reach out to the people that are around us that do want Mm -hmm. us around. Mm -hmm. We feel like we're imposing, but if they know you don't have family and you talk about your feelings about, you know, what's going on, maybe there's Mm -hmm. a way that you can find like a lunch date with them so that you can celebrate something with somebody who does want you around. Like, find ways to fit in inclusive time with the people that do want you around and focus like really on having that space of gratitude for what you do have instead of what you don't have. We don't always have control all, you know, over every situation. And, you know, sometimes these things are temporary and sometimes they're permanent but you, you just kind of need to learn to make the best of the situation. And instead of feeling that desolation, that isolation, because sometimes we impose more of it on ourselves, if we're feeling guilt about the situation, yeah, find a solution that works for you. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm. And I think w- when you said gratitude, it just sparked something in me. <laughs> um, it, it's it's a new term, but it just came through keeping an appreciation bank. So keeping track of all of the abundance that you already have, not just like wealth and everything like that, but happiness and joy and someone smiling you at the post office, right? Like really focusing on, okay, look at all of this stuff in my life of appreciation and gratitude and just referring to that bank um, when you're feeling like, Oh, like I wish I could have been doing X, Y, Z. 
My favorite thing to do when I'm feeling really crappy is not even just writing a list of gratitude. It's writing a list of things that make me smile. Because sometimes they're like the stupidest little things. It could just be the way that my tea is steaming in the morning and like that first sip and that smell hitting my face like that makes me smile. When the clouds in the sky are like pinkish purple, like like finding the little tiny things in life and like romanticizing it and just sitting and like dwelling on the good things that there are in life. Mm -hmm. Finding luxury in everyday things. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like some of this ties into like the overwhelm that people are having with this holiday season. So you could be overwhelmed that you're not, you know, getting the attention or seeing the people that you wish to be seeing, but you could also be overstimulated and overwhelmed by Christmas and, you know, the holidays in general, because they're just so extra. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Extra is the perfect term for that. (laughs) Yeah. And I asked in one of my uh, neurodivergent business groups that I'm in, like, what is the number one thing? And all of them said, just like being overstimulated with every sensory possible way, like sight, smell, sounds, touch, like everything is just so much. And like, you don't have to be neurodivergent to become overstimulated by this season. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just being around the wrong people too much can do it. Yeah. Yeah. All the shopping can do it. Yeah. Yes. Just being around that energy. It's a, it's a different kind of energy around the holidays. It's super heightened everything is heightened, like affection heightened, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like all of these different things that, you know, I feel like we can tolerate is just skyrockets. Um, Yeah. And thinking about being overstimulated, I'm again, gosh, I'm having like flashbacks, (laughs) But when we used to have our big family gatherings at my grandpa's house, we would break up the day where we would have lunch. You have like a big lunch with the whole family. And then before we could open presents, we usually went on a hike. So we kind of broke up the day by going on a long hike outside, getting grounding energy, and then coming back inside and having a reset. I think if there are ways that you can create pockets um, where you can say, okay, I'm going to step out for a minute. Like that's a, that's okay. You can do that. Yeah. Like we're giving you permission, give yourself permission to take a moment and reset <laughs> so that you're not like at the end of the night, you're like, Oh my God, someone has to squeeze me out because I'm a sham wow. And I'm just, I have so much in me. I was the kid that I would hide in the bathroom 
<laughs> and it wasn't like I would just casually make it seem like I had a really small bladder and I drank a lot of stuff and I would just go and I would hang out in the bathroom. I might like scope out the different colors of nail polish that are in there and, you know, just check things out. <laughs> and then I'd be like, okay, I feel okay enough to like yeah. go back out. But like, yeah. that was my way of coping. I like didn't mm-hmm. realize that I was getting overstimulated and I needed yeah. to remove myself. And when I was really little, I really didn't understand it, but I would get so wound up and overwhelmed to the point where I would vomit. I would just throw up. Oh, no. I, was, I was just so overwhelmed. And for years, my mom, I, she claimed she didn't figure out who it was that was doing it. Cause I would just secretly just leave the scene and <laughs> who did that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> But like learning that it's okay to take a pause anytime. Mm -hmm. I would like literally set a time to distraction for your phone to go off and be like, oh, I'm I'm really sorry. I have to take this call. This is from someone who's, you know, not around here or whatever. Make up a story. Like this is my college friend. I haven't talked to her in years. And I just wanted to say hi and like just go outside and then scroll on your phone if that's what you need to do <laughs> like I love that I think that's brilliant because it it does it kind of keeps you accountable for taking that pause because you have like an alarm set on your phone I really like that and you know taking a pause and really allowing yourself to breathe I think sometimes we forget when we get so overstimulated and you know, adults, definitely, but kids, (laughs) like reminding yourself the importance of breath. And it's like closing your eyes and feeling the breath go through your lungs and filling your lungs with that fresh oxygen. Um, Yeah, I think, I think that people that are feeling overwhelmed, and that are just sensory overload, I think allowing yourself to pause and allowing yourself to reset whatever that looks like. Maybe it's taking a nap upstairs. Mm-hmm. I love you know, naps. <laughs> I haven't had a nap in a long time. I think it's because of all my attunements and maybe how close they were to each other. I just feel like I get so energized. <laughs> I can't nap anymore. It's oh, sad. No. Oh no. I think there'll be a time in your life when you can come back to naps. It's okay. I wouldn't worry about it. I I hope so. Cause I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I have a running joke that if I could put it on my resume, I would put nap can fall asleep anywhere at any time during any situation. Literally That's a skill. I've fallen asleep being tattooed. I've fallen asleep during a rock concert, I've fallen asleep oh at restaurants. It's my superpower, but it does. There's something about sleeping that neurologically it resets your body. It's like literally mm-hmm. hitting a reset button. But if you don't have the capacity to take a nap, because not everybody has that luxury, I used to get a lot of side eyes taking my naps random places when I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> There are other ways to kind of help bring you back into your body. Mm-hmm. A lot of this overstimulation is coming from just like being really in your head and not really 
being able to sort through the the sensory input that you're getting because it's just so much at once. For me, mm-hmm. having a lot of people around me talking sound really triggers sensory for me. So if I'm trying to think about something or if I'm trying to do something and I have like background noise person trying to talk to me, I get so it's just like, it feels like everything is hitting me all at once. And I can't kind of sort through what's my thought, what I'm hearing from this person, what these people are are talking about the TVs on. I kind of have to take a lot of deep breaths and kind of just remind myself that like, okay, the situation right now is temporary. I'm not going to be here for very long. Mm -hmm. And then just like whatever I can let go of at that moment, I tried to let go of and just kind of come back into myself. Yeah. Like let go of whatever the mind is like squirreling on about, because at this point with all that, it's just like the mind is really good at setting fires when there's no fire. Mhm. Mhm. That's very true. And I think even just like you said, like if we're thinking about where all of that sensory stuff is being stored, it's very much like in our crown. So it's in our head, in our mind. So if we can even just like push that energy down and um, envision it going out the bottoms of our feet, like again, just bringing your nervous system back into factory mode (laughs) is really what overstimulated people need. They need that reset. They need that alone time. They need that space. Um, And how can you do that when you have like presence just throwing around and loud people, you know, there's certain people you're around when you're growing up and they're just really loud yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that I like to do with the the over sensory sound thing is I will put a hat or my I'll put my hood over my ear so I'm that person that never dresses up for holidays because I need to wear a hood I need to have something (laughs) that I can put over my head because it does, it blocks some of the noise um, coming mm. to me. And from an energetic stance, if you are really sensitive to energy as well, like mm. if you're just starting out your spiritual journey and you're not quite sure about like what is going on and you just feel like all this pressure in your head, like just put a hat on. It's going to filter some of that out for you. It's going to calm mm-hmm. everything down. You're going to just feel a little bit heavier because it's going to help you ground. It's not going to leave you so open to everything coming into you at once. Like we were talking about, like everything's coming into your crown and then mm-hmm. filtering into your body. Well, if you kind of like put a little muffler over that, less of it's going to come through you. <laughs> also, I feel like. I feel like my Reiki clients need hats now. They need tinfoil hats or something. (laughs) So the other thing is I notice that people tend to talk to me less when I have things covering my ears. It's really Mm. great. (laughs) So win-win. Bring your headphones if that's what you need. I love my headphones. I don't know how I made it this far in my life without them. They're noise canceling. If I have to go to a family's house, I might bring them. (laughs) use your tools yeah I do want to talk about preventing overstimulation 
Mm. And I think a lot of this goes into self-care and that's something we tend to throw away mm-hmm. in the midst of the chaos. We're like, oh, everything's on fire and I should just stop doing what I normally do because everything's on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, no, please do your self-care. If your self-care looks like having a normal and regular routine, because that's what your body and your nervous system needs in order to have regulation, do that. (laughs) If Mm -hmm. it means you have to go to the holiday party late, that's fine. You took care of you first because you're not going to be okay if you go to that holiday party and you didn't take that walk you needed or you didn't nourish your body or Mm -hmm. you didn't get that extra hour of sleep that you actually need. Like if you don't do the things in order to set yourself up for success, you're going to be overwhelmed and overstimulated way sooner. I am someone who has to follow a regimented schedule and there's going to be times where you can't. And I understand that, but where there's wiggle room, make that wiggle room. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. save you late. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always have those pockets. Cause yeah, you, you need to have the self-care. If there's a time of the year where self-care is like the most important, it is right now. Because people are just going crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Give that gift to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two tiers to self-care. There's the self-care that is the basic necessities that you need to get by and function and be emotionally regulated. And then there's the tier when you're under stress Mm -hmm. that you need to up your game up a little bit more because your body at the level that you normally maintain is not going to be maintained. So this is where you need to get into those boundaries (laughs) with yourself. And when I talked about boundaries, like I wanted to make sure that we talk about boundaries with yourself and not just other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's crucial. And something that we don't consider, you know, it's always about creating healthy boundaries with other people, but yeah, really with yourself. You're like children running around wild and just Mm -hmm. letting ourselves touch the fires, put the forks in, in the little sockets. And we're not regulating our behaviors when we would never let our kids do the same things. Yeah, (laughs) it's so true. And then we wonder why we burn out. And it's funny because I was doing my December newsletter. And this was way before we decided to to hop on and do this spontaneous podcast. And I just heard it so loud and clear. Slow down. Like December, the theme is slowing down. And I think he even wrote in my newsletter, no one wants a cold on Christmas. (laughs) Because I can think of so many years where I got violently ill because I was not prioritizing my self-care. 
and was saying yes to everything. Just don't do it. No, (laughs) especially if you're a generator, don't do it. That's like the perfect way to break your little engine. You will be the engine that will not. (laughs) It will not go. Yes. No, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's something that I think can fit into so many different categories. It can be boundaries with how you're going to act towards certain family members, because we're not, Mm -hmm. you know, the only ones running around here being the victim to other people's bad behavior. We're contributing to it sometimes as well. It could be boundaries to how much money you're going to spend, who you're Mm going to spend money on, whether or not you're going to get guilty after somebody you didn't plan and then try to outdo them. It's having boundaries over what we're going to eat, what we're willing to eat or what we're not willing to eat because oftentimes we eat things to please other people and then they don't feel good in our our bodies. This is something Mm -hmm. I experience a lot because I have so many food sensitivities and people will say, well, I made it this way for you. And I was like, I understand that, but you didn't do this ingredient, you know, out of it because they didn't realize all the vastness of the things I can't eat. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I understand that you tried your best, but I can't still have it. And that's hard for people. And that's hard for me to say no. And so there are so many ways that we are needing to really check ourselves. Before you riggedy, riggedy wreck yourself. Yes. As soon as you said it, I was like, I gotta say it. Um, Yes. I think setting boundaries with yourself is really important. Um, I think the holidays also, yeah, they can bring the best out of people. They can bring the absolute worst out of people, including yourself. Because again, maybe you're anxious, maybe you're stressed out. You have a lot going on and maybe you're an impulsive Aries and your way of dealing with people is to light that fire within you and say some impulsive stuff. So burn it down, (laughs) burn, do some arson, like with your energy, because that's what we do. And I think if you allow yourself to really sit down and, you know, even get out a piece of paper and be like, okay, you know, do I have the energetic capacity for this amount of parties? Because that's the thing too. Do I really, like, ask yourself, do I really need to buy every coworker a gift? First of all, hell no. No way you need to do that. Um, Am I required to give this person a gift? No, I think it, it all comes down to you have a choice. You have a choice in all of this, no matter what. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. 
<laughs> I mean, I've said it for so, so many years to my clients and people around me. They're like, oh, I have this to go to and I have to see this on and I have to do. I'm like, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> but if we look at just generationally, this repeating cycle and then if you're a cycle breaker yourself in your family doing healing work boundaries can be really challenging and I think there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt when it comes to setting boundaries um that yeah you have to kind of dig in and it's going to be uncomfortable at first. Like saying no isn't going to feel like that three-year-old saying no and throwing a temper tantrum, which probably helped you. But as an adult, saying no, especially if you're an empath, is it's going to feel uncomfortable. But it's like a muscle memory thing. You just got to keep doing it and practicing. There is this, um, I don't remember, it's called RSD. So it's rejection, sensory dysphoria or something close to that. Mm. And a lot of people not only struggle with this when other people tell them no, but when they need to tell somebody mm. no, they have like this deep, intense anxiety that they're going to like make that person feel rejected because that's how mm-hmm. they feel when someone tells them no. And there's ways to go about it without hurting someone's feelings. Obviously, it's going to be a sticky area. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to say it perfectly. You know, there's going to be kinks that you need to work out, but there's going to be some uncomfortable feelings and it's okay. And you have to learn to kind of just sit with those feelings because when we choose not to feel into those things, those are when like, things get stuck and resentment builds and then the Mm -hmm. tension and then the overwhelm and then the overstimulation when all it really took was like you just saying like, Hey, when you said that to me, like it really hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. So instead of just addressing it, you just created this huge firewall between you and the person. And then you were probably really crappy towards them. And then they felt that energy and they're like, fine, I'm going to be really crappy towards them back. And mm-hmm. it's like a lot of these boundary things, I think come up when we're not willing to feel our emotions, when we're not yeah. willing to explore what it might be like to free ourselves if we express them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough. And I think, you know, sometimes we also have to consider like no is a complete sentence, first and foremost. And second, no response is a response. I really had to say that to myself today. Yeah. <laughs> it was something that I was dealing with uh, energy attaching to me, which we're human and we're also spiritual people and energetic people. So we become magnets, but yeah, I think, I think the more you can practice saying no, and even just doing it with small things leading up to the holidays can be really helpful. It could be something silly. 
it could be something really small. Like if someone asks you, I don't know, for some reason I was thinking of Starbucks, but if someone's like, Hey, what do you want from Starbucks? You just go, no. <laughs> like, no, I don't need that. Uh, it's going to make me anxious. So I don't need it. Um, but yeah, no boundaries are hard. They're, I, I think people talk about them a lot and you can't really romanticize them because they're sticky. They're uncomfortable, but you know what is best for you in a situation and you, you'll know if it's a yes and you'll know if it's a no. Yeah. I um, think if you're really struggling with saying the N-O, one way that I've tried to work around this is mm-hmm. not right now mm-hmm. because I can say not right now and be okay with it because then I can be like, okay, well, not right now. We'll come back to it when I'm ready to tell you mm-hmm. no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think the lang- language around it is really important too. Cause I think you're right. People don't want to outright just say no to someone. I mean, I love it. <laughs> For me, I am a recovered people pleaser and I love the word no. It was actually on my vision board um, <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> I said no. Um, but, or saying something along the lines of like, I'm choosing not to do this. Yeah. Right. And really empowering yourself that you are making that choice. Yeah. This year was really hard for me to say no. Um, My parents live further away from us now and they wanted us to come down for the holiday. And I was like, I have to be in so many places. I can't be there. And I felt really bad. But the first time they asked me, I just said, I have a lot on my plate. I can't answer this for you right now. Likely Mm -hmm. it's going to be a no. And then the second time they brought it up again, and I was like, I know I feel really bad for telling you no right now, but it's just not an option. And I said, how about we plan something outside of the holiday Mm -hmm. and we can get together when it's more convenient? Because me driving to like four different houses and then two hours away is not an option. No. But but you don't want to disappoint people, but you're going to disappoint yourself if you say yes. So you're Mm -hmm. still disappointing somebody. So I guess it just is a matter of who you want to disappoint. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, do you, you know, you're not going to be able to please everyone. Are you prioritizing yourself or are you prioritizing what other people want for you? Yeah. I think it's, it's really a tough hard thing. with spouses <clears throat> too. Cause that was another thing that mm. brought up was like, mm-hmm. my husband feels like I'm not putting in enough effort if I don't visit all of his family you know, the plan was I was going to visit so-and-so and so-and-so and and then call it a day because that's all I can handle. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, your spouse is probably going to be 
pretty disappointed. They probably don't even want to go to all their family either. No. <laughs> don't be the one to bring that up. I would just be like, well, how do you feel about going to mm-hmm. all these houses? Because they're yeah. probably wanting you there because they're going to be so overwhelmed and overstimulated and they probably don't want to go. And maybe <laughs> you can offer an alternate solution that would make it easier because you just can't do it all. You really can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would lay down that boundary and be like, look it, I can do two houses. You you pick two or I can do one house. You pick one. Who's the most important that you want me to be there for? We can make arrangements for a different day. Yeah, I think that's that's important too. Like during that time, I remember even just like coming back from college and being home for the holidays and just having this expectation that you had to see everyone. And then you wonder why at the end of the week, on New Year's Eve, you're like indisposed and on the ground having floor time because you can't <laughs> handle your emotions. Oh man, yeah. It's not familiar, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jared. Jared calls it floor time. Floor. He's like, I wish someone could give you a prescription for floor time. Just go lay on the floor. <laughs> like adult tantruming almost sometimes you just need to be on the ground um but yeah I think yeah you you can't be everything to everyone and you have to find a way to accept that right and to be okay with that but you could see them maybe go see them in February or plan something else um it doesn't have to be like the mad dash to see everyone during this time because holidays should not be the excuse to see people (laughs) no oh my gosh no or weddings or any big events like no (laughs) sprinkle it out you have 365 days like sprinkle out time where you're gonna get together with people Yeah. And that was one of the things that I really wanted to hone in on is like, you don't have to do everything yourself. There are so many options out there to help you delegate tasks. Mm -hmm. If you are losing your shit over, you know, catering for a huge family event, like Maybe you have like all the desserts made by somebody else and maybe you have like all the sides made by somebody else and then you just do the main thing or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you feel good doing, like outsource some of that, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to go to the stores when it's crazy busy, pick a day where like you can go during the week. Don't go when everybody else is there, you know, or send somebody who, you know, is already going out, say, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I'm going out. And you'd be like, oh, well, what stores are you going to? And if you know, like you have a kid who wants something from a specific store, like, can you pick this up for me? Yeah. Right. Instacart. Yeah. I mean, Instacart. Right. Curb pickup or, um, I know that HelloFresh now and some of those meal preparation um, companies, 
they have them for holidays. Oh, wow. You That's could awesome. get, yeah, so you could get stuff and not have to feel like a slave in your kitchen if you're like, I don't like cooking at all. I just want to exactly delegate and outsource. Um, that's a really good point. Or this was something that I I grew up with this girl and her family had like the most intricate decorations for just wrapping gifts. They were like, they're beautiful. Like you wouldn't want to open them because they were so beautiful, but like, don't be afraid to use gift bags. Like that's why we have them. I love gift bags. At the end of the day, no one cares. Just getting thrown <laughs> away. They're just going to be recycled the next day. <clears throat> no one really is going to be folding that wrapping paper back up and be like, oh, I can use it next year. No. How many people actually do that? I mean, I do know people that do it. But yeah, outsource. I like that. Outsource for the holidays. I do want to circle back just a little bit on boundaries because I know we talked a lot about them, but how do you go about setting your boundary? How do you go about discovering what it is you need to have a boundary about? Like, I want to, I want to give them the idea of like step by step by step. Like, how do you decide you need a boundary with this person? What does that boundary look like? How are you mm-hmm. going to communicate it? And then like, what is the end result if that boundary is overstepped? Because I feel like just saying you need a boundary up sometimes can go very poorly and end in an yeah. argument or a fight. And that's not what you want. If you are setting a boundary for the first time, you're probably not going to be able to say, hey, that makes me uncomfortable. And you're probably not going to be able to say no right away. And you just have to be very mindful with the language you use, how you're communicating to that person, and also like how it's going to help you. I think those are really key parts of boundaries is hey, that conversation is making me uncomfortable. You don't have to go into detail of why, but like, can we talk about this later or another time? Or my favorite (laughs) go-to, laughing, but my favorite go-to is, have you talked to your therapist about this? (laughs) Because (laughs) I tend to be the counselor of my group of friends. And I think you have to realize when you're a wife, when you're a daughter, when you're a friend, and when you're a counselor or raking master, and really having those boundaries of like, what does that look like? Writing them down, writing down each role that you have, and describing each one, like, oh, this would be a friend thing. And, oh, this would definitely be a client thing. And just kind of being able to decipher. I made a worksheet and we're going to be sending you guys, if you're interested, a guide, survival guide for empaths. And one of the pages has a worksheet in there that you can like print off 
And it is literally taking you step-by-step from the beginning. Who is the person you're having the issue with? What is the problem? What is the boundary that you need, whether it's physical or emotional? And then how are you going to communicate it? When are you going to communicate it? And then what is going to be the consequence if that boundary is not kept? So it's like literally walking you from top to bottom, like, so you can prepare yourself for Mm -hmm. when you're in that uncomfortable situation and the thing that you didn't want to get brought up is brought up. And, um, I think it's really important also to keep it to how you feel and not Mm -hmm. about you statements, making them I statements because you statements start fights. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Right. If saying like, I feel and really, you know, solidifying and keeping those boundaries concrete. Um, and sometimes you have to even put like timestamps on your boundaries. Yeah. Um, for, for me, my phone goes off um, at like eight o'clock. I don't respond to any messages. I don't respond to anything. It stays downstairs. It's out of my bedroom because that's a boundary that's good for me because if not, you have this, I think we have this culture of immediacy and urgency and we have to respond right away. And half the time things aren't emergencies. (laughs) They're like, Hey, look at this cute kitten meme that I'm sending you. Like, okay, maybe it brings you joy, but it's not an emergency and there shouldn't be urgency with that. And I think sometimes you'll have a boundary for a while with a person and then you'll be like, "Mm, like, I got to go back to the drawing board because this isn't working. Um, Or I think I need to add three more boundaries. (laughs) with this person or situation and um does the guilt go away I know that's the question that we get a lot and no I don't think the guilt does go away um does it get easier yeah it does get easier are you still gonna feel bad of course we're human yeah but I think I think the more that you can practice it, um, the better, like just starting small and working your way up to those really difficult, challenging conversations. I think guilt is like best friends or cousins with fear. And like, you're Mm -hmm. never going to get rid of your fear. Mm -mm. If you've been a people pleaser your whole life, that guilt is always going to be in your ear being like, well, you should have done this or you could have been this. Mm -hmm. And it's just learning to be like, well, maybe the old me would have done that. But now Mm -hmm. I'm setting a boundary. And part of boundaries is the consequence of what happens when they're not followed through. Mm -hmm. And that is a boundary that you have to learn to keep for yourself because you can't keep putting boundaries up and telling people like, you can't cross this, you can't cross this. You can't, and then having people Mm -hmm. cross it all the time, but then just keep showing up for the abuse. So there's a point where you need to be really firm and consistent with yourself 
in keeping these boundaries. I think that is like primarily a mm-hmm. big one. And like, what I mean by a consequence is like, have an idea of in your mind, what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate. And then what happens after that line is crossed. So yeah. it look like you take a time out, you don't talk to this person, the conversation ends. It could look like you leave the house Mm -hmm. or you ask them to leave it can look like a lot of things right yeah for me it's usually walking away not not necessarily ghosting someone um but just giving them that space because like hey and sometimes if you have friends that are close enough to you and they get you especially with spiritual stuff and emotional boundaries if they really understand you you can even share the consequence with them be like hey (laughs) almost like a kid but like hey if you cross this this is what's going to happen and just kind of preparing them for that but again you cannot do that with everyone no sometimes trust your yeah yeah you don't communicate it. You just do it. And then hopefully if they are conscious and aware or not, they, they should know that they're crossing your boundary. If you've already stated it very clearly, you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to over explain it. You literally just need to state what the boundary is. Like that's as much as you need to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out when you've crossed a boundary and you're not going to play anymore because mm-hmm. the fun ends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the fun ends. The fun ends. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> true. And Very I think, true. I think people are scared to set boundaries and then follow through with them. Yes. Mm-hmm. There has to be follow through. Or else they're not boundaries. They're just loose rules. They sound really good because you learned how to say no, but you didn't learn how to do the no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You learned how to say it, but you didn't learn how to do it. Yeah. Now you have to do the aligned action that goes along with that boundary that looks so good on paper. Yeah. It has to actually happen. I just want to kind of wrap things up with above all things, just have some grace for yourself. Mm -hmm. Have an escape plan. Yeah. (laughs) Have an escape plan. You know, if you feel like you need to leave, you can do that. If you don't feel like putting up your Christmas tree, don't do it. Yeah. Don't make a hundred cookies. Like just make one big one for yourself and don't share. Make a cookie (laughs) cake. Yes. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) I think it's just easy to get wrapped up and feel like life has to be different and exciting Mm -hmm. and amazing. And if we don't have the Hallmark channel holiday, Mm. we're not doing enough for other people. Mm. And yeah, the comparison game. Yeah. Don't really, fall into the comparisons. 
it can be so simple Mm -hmm. and still be good. Yeah. And you don't need gifts necessarily to have a holiday. I think it's more about the experience and that love language of quality of time. Yeah. And I know it's really hard. I know it's easy to say you don't need the gifts, but you know, I know that there's <laughs> listeners here who have young children who feel mm-hmm. like I can honestly tell you when I was a kid, I remembered maybe one of my gifts because it was really stupid. <laughs> and that's it. I don't really remember anything I got for Christmas. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I got like a china cabinet. I still have it. I think I got it from my grandpa and I still have it. And it holds like different stuff in its class. Um, I would say that was like probably the most memorable for me. But having experiences, Jared and I went to Quebec one year and we went dog sledding and it was awesome. Like you can have experiences, you can do things as a family, um, like not feeling like you have to break the bank just to bring a sparkle out of your kid's eye. Like you, there are other ways that you can do that and bring that magic and that joy and that just like childlike innocence and playfulness. And there are people and organizations out there that want to help you. And like, Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to help yourself though, like you're not gonna be able to create that at least, you know, sense of relief for yourself. And there's Mm -hmm. no point in really just harming yourself in order to create an illusion that probably won't be remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the illusions. Be real, be authentic. You know, don't put on just a front or a facade. Unless it's protecting you, unless it's a coping mechanism, then maybe it'll work to your advantage. I mean, my favorite memories are watching Christmas movies with mm-hmm. my family and making cookies. And one of our holiday traditions that I started when my son was really young was decorating gingerbread cookies, but we make them really ugly. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so they're just like covered in different colored frostings and sprinkles. They're ridiculous. <laughs> I love that. That's super fun. We um we go usually go out for sushi on Christmas Eve, and it's the best. Eat a bunch of sushi. Yeah, it's really good. To wrap things up, we have a couple of gifts for you this holiday season. I mentioned, yeah, we have the empath guide for surviving this holiday season that will be available for you. It has a lot of good tips, a checklist in there for if you're feeling different things. 
to go through. It has that boundary setting worksheet. I even included um, a manifesting, a script manifesting um, page in there. So if you want to visualize and mentally prepare yourself for the holiday and how you want to feel and how you want it to go is a really great exercise to do every morning. You can just, you know, for a few minutes, sit down, take a breath, center yourself, and then just write what you want to happen as if it's happening in that present moment. And so that way you're kind of like living through it. Mm. Oh, I'm glad you added that. That's yeah. That'll be perfect. Yeah. And I'm offering a free guided meditation that is infused with Reiki to force yourself <laughs> to pause. <laughs> perfect. And we have some other really great tools. If you're interested, I have a ton of Akashic energy sessions that will support you this holiday season. I have an inner child shamanic journey, a shadow um, shamanic journey. I have a cord cutting uh, Akashic adjustments. I have one that helps you reclaim your autonomy. So if you are somebody who tends to mesh in with other people's energy and have a hard time separating yourselves from other people, That'll help you just like feel in your own body again. I have my craniosacral nervous system reset, which is an amazing tool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm going to also do one to help with emotional eating because I know a lot of people around the holidays uh, use alcohol and they use food to cope with their emotions. So to try to help you release energy that you're holding in your body and help you release the need, take that pause you need so that you can like reset and not have to shove food in or alcohol in your mouth. (laughs) All the things. Tia has all the things, all of the beautiful offers. And you have (laughs) some amazing tools as well. You have your Reiki sessions. Yep. I have my Reiki sessions. Um, I'm also going to be doing a new moon I usually only do the full moons I said you know what we're gonna get into that manifesting energy so I'm doing a new moon um virtual group healing and on December 21st oh nice so right before that chaos you can come together you can release you can manifest all of that goodness So yeah, I have that. I have Reiki sessions. I have um, virtual card readings, in-person card readings, a lot of different options that you can work with me and really just bringing you mindfulness. That is my desire. I'm all about giving you that time for self-care, even if it's forceful (laughs) during this time, really just, you know, making sure you're taking care of yourself and the card readings just offer that guidance during this time too, and can also be a great way to connect with loved ones. Um, you know, if you are looking to connect with a grandmother or anything like that can be really helpful. Do you have any recommendations for essential oils during the holiday? That would be good. Cause I know you're also, mm-hmm very into your oils. (laughs) I am very into my oils. Yes. Um, 
The first one that's coming to mind is actually called Gathering. Um, and it's an essential oil blend. And it's just got this beautiful blend of really like grounding oils, um, but yet uplifting. So that that's a good one. Um, acceptance is a really good one for this time of year. I use that a lot when I'm working with clients. Um, just having that acceptance of I'm taking time for myself. I'm prioritizing myself. Um, so that's one. <clears throat> Believe another great, like super grounding um, essential oil blend. Lavender. Lavender has the ability to really like shift your limbic system. So you take a deep breath and you actually can feel your body just kind of like go down. Um, so that's a really good one. Stress away. <laughs> we all need stress away. That. Right. Peace and calming. Yeah, there's, oh gosh, there's so many, but I'll probably include that into your, um, into your guide. Yeah, we'll <clears> so people, yeah, just for that. Yeah, so people can reach out if they are like, hey, I feel like I, I definitely need some of that stress away yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, I hope this holiday edition of you know, how you're going to get through it. You're going to set those boundaries. Mm -hmm. You're going to make that time for yourself. You're going to prioritize what you need this holiday season. That's going to be your gift to you. You're going to, you know, find ways to include yourself. If you're feeling excluded, find ways to invite in those loved ones who've passed on and let them know that they are still welcome in your home and in your hearts to spend time with you. And I hope you guys say no a lot this holiday season. <laughs> please, please say no. I would like it's to okay. close with a goal. I want to I want to know what your goal this holiday season is. And I'm going to share my goal. Mm. I know I put you on the spot. You did put me on the spot. That makes it better. It does. I feel like I'm pretty solid with my boundaries during this time. Um, one of my goals will be <laughs> to tame my impulsive Aries <laughs> when talking to other people. Okay. Can you give me an example when you get a little fiery? <laughs> I get fight. I mean, I feel like I'm very fiery on this episode. Um, <laughs> I get fiery when people talk down to me. Yeah. And I also get very fiery when people try to limit me or underestimate me. Anything like that really gets me feisty. Um, so I think just being mindful of how I respond to others, yeah. um, not being so reactive, I feel like I've got, I've come a long way, but I think the other part of the being reactive and being impulsive is also 
making sure that their energy is returning back to them and not attaching to me. Yeah. That's a good boundary to have for yourself. I also have a boundary that I want to put in place for myself. I was saying uh, earlier how I don't really enjoy receiving gifts from certain people because it feels extremely impersonal and I don't want to feel obligated to return a gift. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. my boundary this year is going to express how I do not want to exchange gifts and that it's nothing personal. Mm, I like that. I think that's really important. It saves everyone a headache. And, and then like you have these people who, even though you say that too, they still get you a gift. And even if that happens, I'm not going to feel guilty about it mm-hmm. because I put that boundary down and I said, I don't want to exchange gifts this year. Yeah. So that is my goal for this holiday season. I hope that gives anyone who's listening the courage to do the same if they're feeling that way. Think of some boundaries that you want to have for yourself. Think of some boundaries that you want to have for family interactions and really just douse yourself in self-love, all Mm -hmm. the self-love. I'm sending some Reiki energy (laughs) to everyone listening right now because I know that you need it. Mm -hmm. And so is Monique. So we're just sending you a little Reiki love so that you can get through this. We believe in you. Yes, you can do it. And everything for how to get the guide to get the audio and everything will be in the show notes. So please make sure you check that out, especially if you want to have both of those things, because they are our gift to you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode of Intuition Speaks. If you love what I do, consider supporting me on Patreon. Over there, I have an amazing, extensive Akashic Healing Library full of audios with healing intention and beautiful meditation music. Or if you would like an Akashic reading, please make sure you find my links in the show notes. If you like this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss out on another one. And be sure to share it with someone who would enjoy this podcast. Thank you again and until next time.